Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. One more time. Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let us pray. Lord, we do love You this morning. We are grateful as we have taken a moment to pause and remember the work of Calvary. We're grateful for the price that was paid for our sins. Grateful for grace. God, we're grateful for holiness. Father, I pray that this morning as we wrap up this sermon series on the holiness of God, that um, You'd help us to see it in a balanced light. I pray, God, that we would leave with a new appreciation for holiness and and a better understanding of why You've called us to holiness. I pray that we would leave with a hunger, Lord, to embrace holiness. And Father, I just ask that You would anoint me even now to preach Your Word this morning in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. God, help me to communicate it clearly. I pray that You would anoint the hearers, God, that we might understand Your Word properly, that we might see it, that we might hear it, God, the way that it's meant to go forth. We pray that lives would be changed. God, we certainly pray if there's anybody here this morning who does not truly know You as their personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that the blinders come off of the eyes of their heart, that they see You for who You are, the wonderful, loving, saving, redeeming God, and that they would run to You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Have Your way, we ask it. Amen. So, the Bible tells us to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I don't know about you, but when I have thought of holiness and I've I've thought about, you know, the command. God says, be ye holy as He is holy. That's what God told us to do, to be holy as He is holy. Well, the first thing that we do, and it's not necessarily wrong, but the first thing that we do to understand that is we take a look at what holiness is not. And then we're aware of the fact that I'm a bunch of those things that holiness is not. And there's there's a feeling of, you know, wow, I don't even like to talk about holiness because it just exposes all the stuff in me that's not holy. And and and, and we're, we're we tend to shy away from this conversation of holiness in the church. We we tend to just try to let's just talk about God's goodness and God's grace and how God loves us and how He's going to see us through. But as we've seen the last couple of weeks, if you take the whole counsel of the Word of God, God tells us to be holy. And there's a lot of things God tells us not to do. We looked at those things last week. Don't do these things. Flee from these things. Get away from them. Get them out of your life because they will cause you to become uh, filthy and unclean in the sight of God. And so a lot of times when we think about holiness, it kind of has an unbalanced uh, point of view that really all that holiness is about is exposing how unholy I am and how impossible it is to ever be what God has called me to be and what God wants me to be. But I want you to, to, to think about this word beauty. There are some versions that translate that word splendor. Both are um, fair English words to translate the word in this text. 
It is a word that, that denotes greatness. That, that, that denotes something significant about it that causes it to be desired. It is full of splendor. It is beauty. And I thought, what a strange word to define holiness. Worship God in the beauty of holiness. That tells us that holiness is beautiful. Holiness, real holiness, true holiness is full of splendor. It's attractive. Did you know beauty is attractive? That's the word we use when we talk about something's attractive. Real, honest, biblical holiness, it's attractive. And the Bible tells us to worship God in the splendor, in the beauty of holiness. Now that word, um, holiness there, it applies to not just God and His holiness. Most commentators believe that it is a reference to the beauty of the temple as well as to the beauty of God. The temple was a majestic place. It was a beautiful place. And it was, when David said his heart was thrilled, and they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. They would go to the house of the Lord and they would worship Him and, and the place of worship, the, the place of, of coming and worshiping Him, it was in the beauty of holiness. There was something magnificent about it. So the beauty of holiness, it applies to the Lord. It applies to the place of worship, but it also applies to the people of worship. And as we've been looking at in this series, we've been looking at the command of God to be holy as He is holy. Last week, we looked at uh, the text that tells us that without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. It's important then that we understand holiness, not just from the negative sense, but from the positive sense. It is true when we talk about the holiness of God that He is infinitely to be feared if we are at war against Him. And that the power of God that will one day bring into account all those who have rebelled against Him, the power and majesty of God that will one day cast the devil and all of, of uh, the demons into that lake of fire, that, that majesty and that power and that holiness of God, it is certainly to be re revered and to be fear. But that's not the only side of holiness. There's a part of the holiness of God when you turn that coin over that's so majestic and beautiful that it is to be adored, that it is to be wanted. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The goodness of holiness. The beautiness of holiness. I want to say that my first point this morning is very simple. If it's beautiful, it's attractive. Now, I have to understand that as a Christian. Real holiness is attractive. What's happened in our culture is that we have mistaken legalism for holiness. And make no mistake about it, legalism is as ugly as it gets. Legalism is, is, is a terrible thing. Legalism does more harm than it does good. Legalism is... is, is 
it's ugly, it's unwanted, it's hurtful, it's hateful. But we kind of live in a culture that's mistaken legalism for holiness. And they think that if you strive for holiness, well, you're just a legalist. But legalists are not... Their, their opinion, their view, their idea of how we become holy is so far different than this. Real holiness is attractive. I want you to think about the Lord Jesus Christ for a moment. When Jesus came to this earth, the common people loved Him. The common people loved Him so much that the Pharisees hated it. They asked questions like, what is He doing sitting with these sinners? And Jesus, His response was, was, He that is well does not need a doctor. Those that are sick need a physician. I came to the lost sheep. I'm the good shepherd that leaves the fold to find the one that's out wandering. And we see that Jesus, none of us would dispute, Jesus, He embodied holiness. Jesus didn't, He didn't, the Bible says He was tempted at all points like we were, yet without sin. He, he was blameless. He was a spotless Lamb of God. He embodies holiness. But he certainly didn't come across to this world as a legalist looking down his nose at everybody else because they hadn't reached his stature of what clean was. He found ways to communicate truth and love. Jesus said the hard things. Jesus was willing. Hey, we see Jesus with the woman at the well. What did he say to her? Go home and tell your husband. She says, well, you're not my husband. He says, well, you're right. Neither were the other five. He says, I'm going to deal with you. We're going to deal with your sin. Jesus did it in such a marvelous way that penetrated past all the external uh, stuff and all the, the accusations that came from the rest of the world and people who, who would never believe they could be loved, people who would turn and, and run when they saw the Pharisees coming because they were so filled with guilt and shame for all their sins. These types of people felt safe in the presence of Jesus. You see, holiness is different than legalism. And what's really, really interesting is that the people that Jesus had a problem with and the people that had a problem with Jesus were those who were very legalists. I mean, they kept the law. They went to church. They knew Scriptures. They were, they were considered the top tier of, of God-fearing, honorable people in their society. These are the people Jesus had a problem with. And you know why? Because His real holiness exposed their false holiness. He was a shining contrast to the difference between authentic, beautiful holiness and man-made, legalistic, trying to look holy. That's what Jesus was. That's what Jesus is. And real holiness is attractive. Listen, single people out there, if you're looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with, be holy. It is attractive. Anybody in this world can go out and act a fool and make and, and live in filth and, and, and live their life at the, at the pig farm. Anybody can do it. 
It takes integrity. It takes character to say, I'm going to, I'm going to come out from among them. I'm going to be separate. I'm going to live holy. And I'm telling you, when it's done in the right spirit and it's done in the right heart, it's attractive. Holiness is attractive because it's different. Holiness is attractive because it's different. We talked about the definition of holiness and how it really just means to be other than everything else. That's what holiness is. It's different. The problem with the church is that it's like it's swung from one pendulum all the way over here and it just swung too far. It became evident that just trying to get people to come to Christ and, 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 and trying to portray holiness by, you know, you got to wear your hair up in a bun. Uh, women always got to have dresses all the way down to their, you know, their feet and no open-toed shoes. And men always got to have a suit and no hair past the ears and no earrings and none of this and none of that. And, 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 and this whole external, um, it's all about what you do on the outside. Well, what happened was, in large part, and I know I'm making a very big generalization, but what happened was, our culture saw that. And it wasn't even so much that that was the problem. The problem was, is that that, the same people who were in that, were unloving, unmerciful, ungracious, hateful, Click like, and unless you became like them, you weren't part of the group. And 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 it might have people might not have been able to put it into words, but our culture as a whole said that ain't Jesus. It's not so much that I reject dressing the way you dress or your version of holiness, but if that's all there is to it, if it's all external stuff, and you're still hateful to people, and you still gossip about people, and you still cut people down that and look at people the wrong way, and make people feel uncomfortable when they show up to church, I don't want anything to do with that. And so what happened, and we're kind of in a crisis in our culture, where some within the church, they identified that. And they said, well, the problem is, is that nobody thinks you should be that way anymore when it comes to holiness. And so now we're going to swing all the way over here, and we're going to try to look like everybody. We're going to try to be like everybody. We're going to try to be so friendly and so acceptable and so much like them that they feel so comfortable being around us that they think that we're even cooler than their buddies across the street and that Jesus is the coolest thing in town. And so they just can't wait to come to the coolest thing in town. But that's not holiness either. And it's not working either. It's not changing lives. It's like there's this identity crisis within the modern day culture in the church. And what we have to understand is, it's possible to be holy without being legalistic. And the holiness is a lot deeper than skin deep. Holiness is really an issue of the heart. And I have to understand this. You have to understand this. The church has to understand this. Real holiness is attractive. In a moment of my life, in the darkest hours of my life, when I was wondering if there was a real God who loved me, who could change me, the last thing I needed was somebody trying to tell me that Jesus was the coolest dude in town who was just like me. I needed to know there is a real God who's different than me, who's different than the rest of this world. 
who's, who's different than anything else that I've ever experienced, that, that's real, that's authentic, that sees straight through all the, the fluff and all, all through the junk and, and, and sees the heart of an issue. I needed to know there was that God. And I'm telling you, that's what this world's hungry for. And the truth is, that is God. He is real and He sees right past all that stuff and He's different than everybody else. He's loving, He's compassionate, He's merciful, He's gracious. All those attributes of God, they endure forever. His mercy and His grace is so vast beyond our ability to understand. That's true on one hand, but on the other hand it's still true that God desires that we come out from among this world and be separate. And coming out from among this world and being separate doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to wear your hair in a bun and a long dress everywhere that you go. What it means is that the same love and compassion and, and mercy and grace and yet boldness and, 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 and willingness to speak the truth even when it's hard that Jesus walked with in this earth, we need to learn to walk with too. Holiness is attractive. And when it's, when it's right, and when it's, when it's done right, and when it's walked out right, and it's an example for the world to see, trust me, brothers and sisters, the people will come. The people will come. So we need to pursue holiness because it's attractive. The next thing I want us to see this morning is that holiness comes by seeking God. Our text last week, Hebrews 12 and verse 14 a portion of that verse says that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Very interesting thought. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. But I want to submit to you that the reverse of that is also true, that as we seek the Lord, we begin to take upon holiness. Holiness comes by seeking God. One of the greatest ways, if you want to see holiness increase in your life, giving you a very life-applicable point right now. If you want to see holiness increase in your life, don't worry so much about what you wear. Don't worry so much about if sister so-and-so thinks your hair should be this way or that way, or brother so-and-so dresses this way or that way, or how many hours you actually spend in church, or uh, exactly how much you do or don't give. Stop all that. Stop. See, all this external stuff, right? And that's kind of the way our mind starts going when we talk about holiness. If you want to increase holiness in your life, start spending more time with God. You see, the more time that we spend around people, the more we become like those people. It's just a fact of life. We, it's not that we're completely, totally helpless to you know, come up with our own identity um, based upon everybody else around us. But the truth is, you'll, you'll become like the people you hang with to some degree, to some capacity. And you'll never become like somebody that you don't even know. You'll never be able to take on their attributes. You'll never be able to take on their thought processes and, and their, their mannerisms. And if you want to become like God, spend time with God. There's nothing you can do better to become holy like God wants you to be, like spending time with Him. Trust me. And so in a strange way, without holiness, no one sees the Lord, but really it's in our process of trying to see God and seeking His face and trying to spend time with God and trying to listen to that still small voice in that, that time of prayer and, and, and trying to know Him as we open His Word. And, and, and see, when we open His Word, we're trying to seek God. I'm not just trying to learn facts. 
It's a boring thing to study this book if all you're trying to do is learn more facts than your neighbor. It is. I mean, it's like, ugh. But when you understand this, this book was written because God wants you to know Him. I mean, this is a letter that He wrote so that you could know Him. And when you open it up with that attitude every time, God, I'm going to try to know you. I want you to teach me more about you. Help me to know you better. Help me to understand you better. Help me to know how you think. Help me to know how you feel. Help me to know what you specifically want me to do in my life. And when you open up this living book, this Word of God, with that attitude, with the purpose of seeking God, it'll change the way that it penetrates your soul. And the more that you seek God, the more that you become like God. That's the real secret of pursuing holiness. Seek God. God will take care of it. It's in that place of seeking God, of drawing into the light of God, that our darkness is exposed. And the closer you get to Him, the more that you find out. Some of you have heard me say this before, but there's things that God has showed me about me that need change, and they feel just as terrible today as the stuff God showed me about 14 years ago that needed change. But 14 years ago, I never would have had a problem with the stuff I have a problem with today. And by that, I mean I never would have thought it was wrong. I was talking to my wife last night about certain television shows that sometimes I feel convicted watching. And that's why I told her. If I told people the shows that I was convicted about watching, they'd think I was a dork. They would. They'd be like, are you kidding me? Shows that come on, prime time, 6 o'clock, channel... 3, 10, and 12. I mean, just nationwide shows. Stuff that you just turn the TV on and watch that I, I, I get convicted. And I can assure you, 14 years ago, I wouldn't have bothered me a lick. But as I've gone closer to God and God showed me other weaknesses in my life and areas of, of, of selfishness and lust and things in me, the closer I draw to God, the more God continues to reveal Son, let's work on this. Let's work on this. And what's happening is really we're pursuing holiness as we continue to seek the face of God. And in my life, I have so far to go. I'm not standing before you here telling you I'm the holiest man that you'll ever come across. I have a long, long ways to go. But it is a process. And it is something we must engage and we must embrace and we must understand It's not bad to pursue holiness. It's good. It's attractive. It's what God is. He's holy. And He wants us to become more like Him. Now, I can tell you in my years of serving God, the things that have helped me more than anything, truly embrace holiness, has always come when God spoke it to me directly through prayer, through His Word, the way that God speaks to us. And... and, and, and I, it's like it just changed me. I knew. I saw something. I saw it. I, I got it. it. It changed me. None of it's ever been when I looked at Brother So-and-so and thought, well, he looks pretty holy. And he always wears a suit. So maybe if I always wear a suit, that'll make me holy. Or Brother So-and-so's this way or Sister So-and-so's that way. And, and, then, and then what happens? We try to copy people because they give us this perception of holiness and God's saying, stop this nonsense for a moment and just look at me. God will get the job done. He'll do it. And so, we pursue holiness because it's attractive. Holiness comes by seeking God. 
Spending time with Him. Seeking God will drive out the impurities that are within us. But not only will it drive out the impurities that are within us, seeking God and knowing Him better will put light and life in us that causes us to take on His nature. I want to say that Jesus modeled holiness. And I want to use that word modeled because holiness is important. Holiness is not a secret. Holiness is not something that that I just do personally when nobody else is watching. Holiness is meant to be on display for the whole world to see. And that's what Jesus did. That's why Jesus went to places other people wouldn't go. Jesus, Jesus walked right into this world. He invaded this world. He went right to where we were and He modeled it before us. He didn't stand up on a high cliff and look down at all the people and tell them you know, to be something that He couldn't show them. He walked in and He modeled it. And real holiness, guys, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be modeling it to this world. We need to quit making these lame excuses for unholiness in our life. I get it. Yes, everybody sins. Yes. How long are we going to use that as an excuse, though, to remain in our own personal sin? Stop it. God has called us to holiness. And there is a lost and dying world that so desperately wants to see true, authentic, loving holiness in the body of Christ. Can they see it in you? Can they see it in me? Jesus modeled it. It needs to be shown to the world, not just told. And I think that's one of the big problems. We're okay with telling, right? Just tell, but don't expect anything. Don't, don't, don't hold anybody accountable. And, you know, don't show any level of holiness in your life. Just, let's just talk about it. But come on, folks. That destroys the credibility of our message. It destroys it. People need to see that the same God that you say changes lives has changed your life. They need to see that. And they, I, I want to say they have a right to see that. Should we be telling people that Jesus loves them? Should we be telling people about a God that changes us? Should we be telling people about the salvation and the grace and the, the marvelousness of our Lord and Savior? Absolutely. But if we're not modeling lives of holiness to the same people we're trying to tell, our message has very little impact. And where the church wants, and I know I'm generalizing, but generally where the church wants was all about how you dressed and how many times you went to church and what you didn't do and what they stood against. And yet there wasn't authentic, deep holiness. And so their message seemed to not do anything. It it began to lose impact. Now the church has swung all the way over here where it's like they totally throw holiness out the door altogether and the world's applauding. They're saying, wonderful. We've been telling the church that ought to be your message for thousands of years. Finally, the church has got it. And that's what a lot of them are doing. There's some, there's some people out there in the world slam dunking the basketball, spiking the football in the end zone, saying finally the church gets it. But the reality is, they still reject the message of Jesus and the repentance of sin. Because without holiness, the message really means nothing. So, 
we need to model it and it will lend credibility to what we say. Another reason that holiness is beautiful, look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which He gave to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Holiness is truly the calling of the Christian life. Now, I want you to understand something. The Bible says that if you're here this morning and you're not saved, this still applies to you. All things were made by Him and for Him. The reason for our existence is to bring honor and glory, to know Him and to bring Him honor and glory. That's why we exist, brothers and sisters. And if you're lost here this morning and you haven't truly turned to Him and found, found forgiveness of sins by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, it's still true that you were created by Him and for Him. You just haven't embraced your purpose yet. Now, here's the thing. You'll never really find satisfaction in anything until you're doing what you're made to do. It is a... a, a, I don't even know the word for it. It's like gears that don't work. They're grinding and something's wrong and the thing doesn't drive like it's supposed to and it barely gets down the road. It, It just doesn't feel right. This is the Christian life when the person doesn't pursue holiness. We were called to holiness. God has called each and every one of us with a holy calling. And if I am unwilling to embrace that, and what's wild is many in our culture refuse that, but if I'm unwilling to embrace that, I'm going to have a very unsatisfying Christian life. It's like I'm trying to do God's work and God's will and have a relationship with God while at the same time rejecting the way God told me to do it. And it's not going to work and it's not going to feel right and I'm going to show up and I'm going to look at other people who seem to be so happy about what God's doing in their life and I'm going to wonder if I just don't have what they have. And somewhere we have to stop and we have to be willing to look inward and say, am I truly pursuing holiness in my life? Because it's what I was called to do. And so holiness is beauty It's beautiful. It's attractive. It comes by seeking God. It's meant to be modeled. Brothers and sisters, it's also what we're called to. And until we embrace what we've been called to do, we'll never find satisfaction in this Christian walk. I've got to embrace it. I've got to know it's right. I've got to know that it's good. The reason that we primarily reject holiness is selfishness. Holiness ultimately, ultimately, is for His sake. That's why I live a holy life, because I'm representing Him. And a lot of the things that holiness calls me to, holiness also calls me out of. And the selfish nature of us says, well, you don't have to, you know, you can still be a Christian and do that. The goal is not to just be a Christian. That's not the goal. When that's our mentality, 
something's really sick in our soul. The goal is to become ambassadors of Christ. The goal is to become the sons and daughters of God. The goal is to represent Him in everything that I do. You see, holiness is really about that. It's about Him. It's about how do I, how do I reflect Him through everything that I do. And in reality, here's the reward of holiness. It's knowing Him better. It is seeing God. That's the reward. Seeing God. Knowing Him more. That's the reward of holiness. And we live in such a selfish society where the primary reason people serve God is that they think God has an abundant wealth of things to give. And if they can just get on God's good side, new cars are going to come. New jobs are going to come. It's all about me. Temporary stuff. Me, me, me. But if you're going to ask me to give something of myself, and there's no paycheck two weeks from now, I don't know about that. And truly pursuing holiness, brothers and sisters, it requires a willingness to die out to myself. It takes a willingness to say what the Apostle Paul said. I was bought with a price. My life is not my own. And I must be obedient to God and follow God, but I also must believe God that it is in my best interest. And I will never find satisfaction in my Christian walk until I become selfless and pursue holiness so that I can know Him and represent Him better. We are never more like Jesus than when we're being selfless. We are never more like Jesus than when we're willing to lay down our rights and what we can or can't do for the purpose of pursuing the will of the Father. That's what Jesus did. He laid down His rights. He said, Father, Your will be done. He told His disciples that that His food, that which He lives on, was to do the will of God. That's selflessness. And to truly pursue holiness, we must become selfless. Last text this morning and I'm done. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us this. Verse 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ... I want you to look at Christ's love for the church. As Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her, Sanctification is a part of the process of moving towards holiness. With the washing of the water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. I want you to understand something on the authority of the Word of God. I'm not here to tell tell you that we're all perfect. We're not. But this business and this attitude of the modern day American church that you know we're all just filthy sinners still and that really there's no change and just thank God for grace, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. He is coming back for a church 
without wrinkle, without spot, without blemish. Now we know this. Ultimately, in the sight of the eyes of God, that perfectness comes when He sees the blood applied to us. But we must also acknowledge He expects us and commands us to pursue holiness. And the idea that Christ is coming back for a messed up church that's full of filth and full of junk that just happens to thank God for grace is not what the Bible tells us. He's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. As our worship team comes, here's the last thing I want to tell you this morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And you need to know that when when God forgives us of our sins, He sees them no more. They're cast into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far He casts our sins. Do you really want to know how that is. Get a globe, if you can find a globe, and start on the equator, perfectly on the equator, and start going west. And tell me when you begin heading east. Never. That's how far God casts your sins away. So this morning, if you're honest with yourself and you say, man, I need to pursue holiness. And it is beautiful. It is good. It's not all about things not to do. It's not just a list of rules that I'm supposed to keep. Holiness is about taking on the nature of God. And it's time for me to quit making excuses for unholiness in my life. Be willing to confess it to God, acknowledge it, repent of it, and then, brother or sister, get up and walk it out and and walk out your own faith in in fear and trembling But don't allow yourself to just be destroyed and live in condemnation because of stuff that God already forgave you of. Let's just quit making excuses for remaining in the mud. Let's get up out of the mud. Let's get back on solid ground. Let's pursue Jesus. Let's let's model holiness and model this life of Christ to a lost and dying world. Lord, I pray that you move all over this room in Jesus' name.